and welcome to the Ask Adam and Ryan Show. My name is Ryan Sheehy. And my name is Adam Welcome. This is the show where you have questions and we have answers. So what's going on, man? Uh, you know, just uh, wrapping up the school year. It has been a busy, busy year, and I'm excited um, excited to finish strong and finish it out. Um, we get done uh, next week, so we're with three more days, two and a half more days. Um, and that means at the Sheehy house, there are tons of projects happening. I'm actually, re- I'm actually sitting in my garage in my, my wife's van recording because this was the quietest place because my son is working on a state presentation where he's building a float. And then, um, my, oh my, my middle, my middle schooler is recording, um, a whole bunch of different trumpet videos for his band teacher. <laughs> so it was a little loud inside. So. Um, I said, hey, I told my wife, I said, hey, I'm going to go out and sit in the car. She's like, good idea. Probably the um, quietest <laughs> place. So you might hear my dryer buzzer go off in a little bit. But, hey, we're getting things done in the Sheehy house today. But, That's hey, awesome. since the last time since the last time we recorded, man, there's been a lot of things that have happened with you. I mean, you have a new book. Tell us a little bit about it. Tell us about what you've been up to. What's going on? Yeah, man, the new book's out. Empower Our Girls with uh, Lynn Mara Cologne and myself and um it's been out actually a week today and uh, it's been number one uh, new release all week which is cool and um the uh the kindle book has been number two number three kind of back and forth so shelly burgess wrote the forward which um we've uh, we've released and out out there kind of for free and people are loving it and um awesome. you know we just wanted to change the conversation bring up the conversation about our girls for our girls. So that's fun. And you're in California and I'm in a, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia right now on the middle leg of a five day speaking, speaking trip. So it's, uh, awesome. it's hot and hot and humid in the South, man. I forgot what it was like until you're back down here and you uh, walk out of your hotel and you start sweating right away. But uh, Jeez, it's all, it's so all you're, good. Man. You're in it. You're in Atlanta. Uh, just right outside. I'm in Peachtree okay. City, oh, which awesome. is cool. Okay. And uh, yeah, I got in late last night at midnight. Have a 10 mile run with uh, with my friend Susie Henderson, who uh, who I know you know and who's a listener yeah. of the podcast. So shout out to uh, Susie. We got lost awesome. on our run this morning, but we ran 10 miles and had a good time. So that was good. And uh, yeah, man, awesome. now we record and then um, awesome, awesome. Off with the next thing. So yeah, you want to want to get this started? Awesome. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get uh, get started with question number one. How do you continue your positive vibes rolling into the summer break? Um, so one of the things for me, I feel like uh, the positive vibes, you know, you got to continue that going. It is a, that snowball effect, and if it doesn't happen um, throughout the remainder of the school year, you lose a lot of that traction. So for me, as a as a principal of the school, um, and uh, the principal of the school, I just really try to make sure that I'm in the classrooms, celebrating things, making sure that uh, what we're doing is is consistent with what the path that we've started and mm-hmm. celebrating the work that we've done and really share that out with others. Um, and, you know, I know for in the classroom, uh, teachers really focusing in on student work, creating. I think this is a great opportunity time of the year to be looking at, hey, what can we do? What are some of the interests that you have and how can we build that into our curriculum and really showcase the work that our students are doing? Yeah. So, 
I mean, I think I'm going to take a little bit different approach with this. So you kind of talked about like when school was still in session. And I, I totally agree that like school doesn't end two weeks before the actual last date. School ends that last day of school. But I also think it is too, it, it's okay. And it's important to kind of, to kind of throttle back, um, you know, the, the energy at times and not even, I think this is a more complex question and than just like the last few weeks of school running into summer break, because yeah. I, I take the approach of like a marathon, uh, you know, a school year is a marathon and you can't sprint the entire marathon. And yes, you should be positive and happy the entire marathon, but you really need to pace yourself. And I think we, we've had a similar question on the podcast before. And I think if you are burning out those last three, four, two weeks, then next year you need to plan ahead to maybe pace yourself a little bit differently and maybe a little bit more purposefully because yes, the end of the year is busier with report cards and open house and just end of the year wrapping up. So I think, I think it's okay to throttle, to, to pace yourself and also to throttle back. And once summer break does hit, don't just sit on the couch all summer and watch Netflix reruns, (laughs) but it's okay to, it's okay to relax and it is okay to recharge. Uh, I know I do. I do as well too, even though I'm a super high energy guy. So I would say if you're feeling that you're not positive rolling into summer right now and your kids are still with you for another two, three weeks. I mean, I was in New York yesterday. They have another month of school where in Georgia there, they were out last week. So, you know, plan ahead and try to pace yourself in a, in a, in a better, maybe in a, in a better way that's more sustainable. That's what I would say. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know, like, I would say probably I would looking back on just my last week, last week, I would say is probably my most stressful week of the year, mm-hmm. but a lot of it had to do with our, the articulation process and making sure that I had everything ready for that. Yeah. And so that's, that's hard because that, I mean, that is, this is the time to have to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And so really looking at that, but now, I'm done with it. And I have a couple more days with my kids that I can really get back out there and show and show them um, build those connections and really start off the sem- summer in a, in a, with a positive mindset, because I, th- I do think that how we end is only going to help us how we start the next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And so making sure that there is some type of positive vibes or that, hey, you know what, we're accomplishing our goals. We're getting to where we want to be. Yeah, no, I get that. I agree. So, all right. Question number two, how do you balance relationships with leadership while making sure others don't feel that I am picking sides? Well, first off, just, (laughs) this is a funny question. I I get it. I was actually talking to someone about this the other day. Um, I'm not really worried about what other people think. If I'm picking sides, I treat everyone the same and I treat everyone the same with with the intention of doing what's best for the kids, not worrying about other people's feelings and how they may perceive my feelings and how they may think that I am picking sides. Because the pe- I think the people that think that you're picking sides have a problem with their ego and they're the ones with the problem, not you. So my approach has always been, don't worry about them and what they think. You do what's best for kids and if other people have a problem with it or they think that their favorites are picking sides, then that's their problem, not yours. I can't worry about other people's feelings. And I think too yeah. often people, especially now, I mean, leaders. I think, though, that it's more political than that now in education, unfortunately. Um, you know, in for those people that are looking into moving up to leadership positions, 
and get into that. Unfortunately, that politics, the politics side of it is real. Um, and I think that you have to be, um, I think obviously if you keep your focus on the kids, that's only going to help you in the long run. However, that doesn't necessarily help you with little relationships along the way. Um, and with, with the adults in the building, unfortunately, I always say the hardest part of education are the adults in the buildings, not the kids. Right. And we really have to look at that mindset and really having those conversations. But I think a lot of people, they, they're quick to judge without really truly getting to know people. And I've seen it and I've talked with other educators who have built positive relationships with their leaders and they've been able to um, they do kind of tend to agree with them on some things, but they actually know who they are. Now, there are some people that just don't just dis- dislike that person because of the role they're in rather than truly getting to know who they are. And so for me, one of the things that I've done is when I hear that, I'd be like, hey, you know, what? actually, this person has experience in this. They've done this, this and this because I've built that that personal relationship with them because I've asked the questions and I've taken the time. And that's really helped um, some other people look at it in a different way. But it is it's a it's a tricky situation. It's a it's a funny thing to have to think about um, because there there are so many different politics in life. Um, in general, that we do we do look at that as humans, but if I think if you keep the focus on the kids, um, you're never gonna lose for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna disagree with part of that just because I feel like I never played the politics, and if people don't like you because they're playing the politics. My approach, and that my approach still, and I'm not in a school district, is then you're the one that's playing the politics, and I get it. Like, I, I'm I'm somewhat talking outside. Out, out, out of both sides of my mouth. But I think when you don't play the politics, people know that, oh, this person doesn't play politics. They're actually just playing what's best for kids. And I get like people do want jobs and you want to come up and you want to have opportunities. And I just think, you know, if you play politics, then that's what you're going to play. And if you don't, then you won't. And if people above you and around you are, then maybe you just don't want to be there in that organization and maybe you need to find somewhere else to uh to work and i know that's not an easy answer and an easy thing for people to hear but i think i'd rather be true to myself and my beliefs than worry about politics in the organization and people around me based on just what i think people are thinking because a lot of times politics is, is not even the truth it's what people perceive other people are thinking and what they're doing and it's actually not reality so people are actually doing different things than what they actually should be doing or could be doing yeah. so um yeah you gotta be true yeah. to yourself that's my biggest my biggest uh, recommendation no for sure for sure but i mean i i, I remember early on in my teaching career I had a big conversation with somebody at the district level and we were kind of going back and forth and bottom line, I, I said, I said, so you care about doing this rather than doing what's right for the kid. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you right now, I, I still believe strongly in what I said, but from that moment on, uh, it was very apparent that I was not going to move up in that organization. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and that's the piece. And for me, I'm the sole income for our family. So then I'm like, okay, so that changes some of that perception, right? And the, and just the perspective that I have in it, it's still that I want to do it. Maybe I, I still want to be true to myself and get that done, but maybe how you go about it, it has to be done a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. And I mean, and I, I know that I know what situation you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, and look at you ended up somewhere else in, yeah. in a better situation. So, um, 
I guess I'm right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I mean, you know, you were true to yourself and, you know, you want to be where people want you to be. Yeah. I, I think pe- you should want to be where you can be yourself and not have to. And even when you're yourself, there's still going to be some politics. But I think you lessen the amount of politics when you're when you go to a place where people where you can be you and not be someone that you're not. Um, yeah. So it's complicated. Yeah. How about we move on? Yeah. Question, (laughs) question number three, what recommendation, what recommendations do you have for summer professional development? Um, I think summer professional development is key to education because it is such a great time. We do have time to get, get in there, dig deep into content, to build those uh, PLNs, to build that, be a connected educator where later on when you don't have the time and you need, you need a shoulder to lean on, you have that. Um, so for me, my big recommendations over summer are reading, get, get your hands on some good books out there um, and read. I, I think, I think it's such a great way to recharge yourself um, and not only educational books. I, I, I love reading, uh, you know, other books. I know Adam and I both love reading like Navy SEAL stuff on leadership and those types of things. I think education and just, just some joy in reading um, will help your uh, professional development, just giving you just some different perspectives. I think Twitter being connected on there, really seeing what's going on and connecting with people. And if you have opportunity, go out for some face-to-face and travel to some um, different conferences. I think that that's important because we do have the time during the summer where we're not going to be impacting how much we are in the classroom. So those are my three recommendations for summer professional development. Yeah, I love it. Uh, you know, my first one was going to be Twitter. Uh, you know, spend as much time on Twitter as you can just because it's free. It's easy. You can do it whenever, where, whenever and wherever you want. And, you know, I was also going to throw out there, I've been a part of a couple of summer learning, like virtual, um, virtual resources. Uh, Matt Miller, Dish That Textbook author. Kim Strobel is another educator in uh, Indiana, put together some free summer virtual just resources that you can tap into people. So I say, I think those are really great um, yeah. resources. And I would also say, make your own, like create your own, because if you don't see what you think you need, then get some friends together and just build your, um, build your own. And maybe that's just you meeting once a week with some colleagues or people that you work with um, or teach with, or that you just meet through social media and you meet once a week, either in person or virtually, and you talk about your needs and you try to solve your problems. And maybe you reach out to Ryan or myself and you get us to hop on a Google hangout with your call once a week. And we just talk it through, you know, people, yeah. people want to do that. People want to help out. I mean, I can a hundred percent attest to that. So, you know, if you, if you don't know what you need, then come up with what you think you need and just build your own people are always constantly saying hey i want to um i want to join this boxer group or like where do i start and i'm like join your own boxer group create your own you know because um then you just build your own pd because if you can't like i can't find what i need then sometimes you just gotta it's like a restaurant people start restaurants because they want a place to eat so then they start a restaurant um to actually bring food to the community so i think that same kind of mindset um is in is important so yeah uh, question four, my school needs something. I'm not sure what it needs, but it needs something. Any ideas? Well, super broad, ambiguous question here, but um, I, you know, I like those kind of questions. And 
you know, if this is a principal or a teacher or a superintendent or a paraprofessional or the office manager, I think, I think it's a really great thought to have. And I think it's, it's a thought that educators should have constantly because when you have this thought constantly, you're constantly getting better and wanting to make your organization better. And if you know it needs something, but you're not sure it needs something, then I think you need to kind of step back and you need to step out of your routine. You need to step off of the line. You need to get on the roof. You need to get on the carpet. You need to get to a different county or a different state. You need to change how you look at your school or your organization, how you think about it, how you walk towards it, you know, everything. If, if you are usually out in front in the morning for bus duty, then you need to walk half a mile down the street and greet the buses as they drive past you on the way to school. You just need to look at things in a different way because then you're going to realize this is what I need. And I also think another good thing to do is bring an outsider in. Don't bring in someone from your district because they know all the ins and outs. Try to get a friend or a colleague from somewhere else if they can have the time and they come and they see what's going on. And maybe you don't even tell them that you're trying to find what's missing and then ask for their honest opinion. So get a friend that's going to shoot it straight. Don't get a friend that's going to say, oh, it's great. No, I love it because that's not real feedback. And and then kind of swirl that around and then kind of go go in a, in a different direction to kind of figure out what you think you need. And this is an important question. And I give I give props to people that are constantly thinking about this. And I think those are some approaches that I would take when trying to find that missing piece of knowing that something's missing, but not sure what it is. Yeah, no, that's, that's huge. And I, I like the answer that you gave. I think I, I've been able to do that with a, another school inside district, you know, been able to go and visit and kind of give my feedback. And I think um, it's been good to have some kind of lens, but because I know the work that they're doing, however, totally changes the game. If you bring somebody out that doesn't know the path that you guys have been going, mm -hmm. I think is key. Um, I know for me, one of the things that I, I really enjoy doing is sitting down and talking to students, um, mm -hmm. especially our fifth graders. I know some schools do um, exit interviews with every, um, every child leaving that school. So whether it be fifth, um, eighth or 12th grade, and mm -hmm. they sit down and they meet with the students and talking about some of the best things that they, that they've experienced there, but also some things that they wish the school would have. Mm -hmm. um, or some different, or some different facets of the school um, that they would like to see, and I think that that's a really good opportunity to have those conversations with students, and then you can also do those with parents too, to see that. And then also, if you have any retiring staff, sitting down with them and really um, looking back and having them reflect back on their journey in the mm -hmm. school, and and to be able to provide that feedback um, to you as well is um, is crucial because I think that has really allowed me to look into my school and say, hey, you know, I think we really need to grow in this area and based off of this, this and this um, mm -hmm. and getting getting different stakeholders um, opinions is key. And not always when when you're in the trenches, are you going to be able to see that? And yep. so it might, you might need somebody from outside. You might need a 30,000 foot view. You might need a 60,000 foot view. And depending on kind of where you are, what's happening to the school right now and the level of change that you want to see. Right. I think. You know, if you bring in some other people, they're going to have a higher view, kind of the overarching view of what's happening at the school. And then you can you can bring in other people to get down even closer and closer to really see what's happening um, within within the school building. Yeah. So I think that those are some uh, 
good ideas there. Agreed. So question number five, um, I'm questioning my choice of becoming a teacher and staying in the profession. What do you think I should do? Um, I think that <laughs> you need to, that's a, that's a loaded question. Wow. Um, I think you really need to reflect um, and really need to get connected with some other educators. I know a lot of the times people feel that way um, because they don't have anybody to lean on and they don't have anybody to have conversations with. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I go back, I know Adam and I preach Twitter, but that is a great way to stay um, connected and to stay um, positive and motivated to be in the profession and really reflecting. When I say reflection, you need to reflect on why do you get into the job and, and what, are, what is the difference that you want to do? you want to make, you know, and then, and then look back in, this is a great time of year to start that reflection process, whether or not you have a month of school left or whether you're out or love, whether you have a week left mm -hmm. is to sit back and say, Hey, you know what, what difference did I make this year for my kids? Mm -hmm. And, and I look at that, not, not even in curriculum wise, right? Because, you know, curriculum wise in a grade level, there's so much content that you've, that you've reviewed, you've gone over. And obviously, yes, they've grown in knowledge of the curriculum, hopefully. Right. But what what difference have you made in their life that's mm -hmm. going to change their course that they take in their life? And that can happen in kindergarten and it can happen in 12th grade and everywhere in between. And I think too often um, when we start thinking about the life in general, like the difference we make, we tend to think become more high school minded in that because that mm -hmm. they're closer to leaving our K-12 system and going out and exploring. But really, it starts down in preschool and kindergarten to have those conversations to build those skills. And so if you can really re sit back, reflect and say, Hey, you know, I got into teaching for this reason. And am I seeing that or not? And what can I do to change to make sure I see that and then get connected because nobody can go through this alone. And I, I say it all the time. Life is a team sport. Education is a team sport. We need to make sure you find your team. And if you still feel that way after, after you've gone through all those processes, all those steps, then, Hey, maybe it is time to step out. Maybe it is time to go look for something else. And it, you might go look for something else, find something else, and be there for a year and realize, you know what? I need to get back with kids. And I see that a lot of the time. When you get out, you want a different vantage point, that's totally fine. But you're going to come back in with a totally different perspective. Yeah. I, I'm a, throughout my life, I've made lists, pros and cons lists. So I think the first thing that this person or anybody needs to do if they're feeling this way is make a list. Why did you get into teaching in the first place? I think it's important to look back if this is a new teacher or, or a veteran teacher. And I think, or principal or whatever that, you know, whatever it is um, to think about that. And then I think it's important to, okay, you know what? I am in the right profession. And then look at the circumstances that are surrounding you. Maybe you're at the wrong school. Maybe you are in the wrong grade level. Maybe you are in the wrong level. Maybe if you're teaching middle school language arts, maybe you should be teaching third grade in an elementary school. Yeah. Think about think about your colleagues and what you get from them. Maybe, you know, maybe it's as simple as going from fifth grade to second grade. And if your principal won't move you down, then do a interdistrict transfer if you can and go to another school. And that is going to show you that you are in the right profession for the right reasons and you did make the right choice. So I think before being drastic and leaving abruptly, make that list, look at the surrounding circumstances, um, professionally and personally, maybe you're feeling this way because you're having some relationship issues in your personal life or 
financial struggles or whatever it may be, um, you know, health, maybe you have some health issues going on and take those into consideration, but don't make them the end all that makes you leave the education profession just because of those things. And I think, you know, a really kind of 360 holistic view, going back to my other answer, stepping off, stepping back, looking at it from a different angle is so important. People wake up, they have breakfast, they go to school, they teach, they go to yoga, they do whatever, and then they go home. You got to break things up to be able to look at things differently. I'm a big fan of a vision quest. Go on a vision quest. There's a great movie called Vision Quest that was made in the 90s. But the same, but the, but the thought is, you go somewhere else, go unconnected for two days by yourself. Or if you change up your routine at home or at school for a couple of days to totally shift things up, to, just to kind of give yourself a different perspective. Because we, we, we become very automated and structured in our, in our days, uh, especially educators, I think. And it's really important to just kind of, kind of change that up to see, uh, yeah, is this for me? And uh, is this what I need to do? And if you've taught summer school the past three years, because you need the money, I get it. I taught summer school as a new teacher because I needed yeah. the money. Don't teach summer school. Go get a job at the water park or Starbucks or Target or wherever and do something different. Break it up in the summertime because maybe you're just teaching too much and you need to like do something totally different. And then you're going to come back renewed and rejuvenated and remind yourself that, yeah, this is for me. Yep, exactly. Hey, tweet us your questions at Mr. Adam Welcome or at SheHeRW, and we'll try to answer as many as we can on our next show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, we'd appreciate you giving us a review and subscribing. Thanks for listening, guys.